The biggest breaking news stories and outspoken opinion. The Breakfast Briefing with Julia Hartley Brewer on Talk Radio. Good morning to you. It's Wednesday, the 31st of May. You're watching Breakfast with me, Julia Hartley Brewer, on Talk. Coming up, ITV bosses will be grilled by MPs next week over their handling of Philip Schofield's affair with claims that the younger colleague received a financial settlement from the broadcaster. Who knew what when? Close questions still arising. Meanwhile, the government has been accused of a cover-up as the deadline to hand over Boris Johnson's WhatsApp messages to the COVID inquiry has been extended to tomorrow. And protesters, uh, sorry, police had to remove protesters from the Oxford Union last night as Feminist professor Kathleen Stock warned universities are becoming propaganda machines for a particular point of view. The time right now is 6.33. This is Talk Breakfast. Uh, good morning to you. Thank you very much indeed for your company. Very much appreciate you joining us. Um, small matter, by the way. Didn't mention it there. Small matter of how AI is now pretty much one of the biggest threats to humanity, on a par with the threat of uh, pandemics and nuclear war. Interestingly, not mentioned by the senior bosses at Google DeepMind, OpenAI, Anthropic, and also the godfather of AI, Jeffrey Hinton, they didn't mention the threat of climate change. They also, by the way, didn't mention the threat of asteroids hitting us, which is actually the single biggest threat uh, to humanity. But hey, what do I know? I just present the show on the telly. Anyway, loads coming up on the show today. Delighted to say joining me for all that is Tom Slater. Good morning to you. Morning. Thank you very much indeed. He calls editor at Spite Online. Um, there are lots of stories in the news this week that are very much up your strata mm-hmm. uh, at, uh, at uh, Spiked, but also there are quite a few stories, I mean, certainly the ones on ITV, which perhaps a lot of people, and there's a real debate, I think, in this country going on, not just about well, who did what and who knew what and should mm-hmm. someone resign, should they not resign, and et cetera, et cetera, but actually about whether or not this is a, a serious story or not. Mm-hmm. Um, we're, we're leading, once again, with, with, with the Philip Schofield story. And the reason we are is because this is more than just a, oh, you know, some people on the telly that we all recognise and know the names of and having affairs and, and lying a bit. There is more to this story mm-hmm. than that. We're talking about, you know, the second most watched channel in the country, very influential people, executives, uh, particularly Carolyn McCall, the chief executive of IT, who, bearing in mind, is someone who, who who's quite happy to, you know, close the show down, uh, uh, sack somebody in the case of Piers Morgan um, because uh, because she doesn't agree with something they've said on air. Whether or not they, her and other senior figures, basically did deliberately, they knew what was going on. They knew that one of their biggest stars was having what many would perceive to be, I certainly would perceive to be a, a completely inappropriate relationship in terms of a power imbalance from as a man in his, you know, around the age of 60 with a, a, a very, very much younger man on the staff. Um, and whether or not they knew about it, whether there was an investigation, whether they covered it up and latest claims... <coughs> is that staffers did call on them to investigate, um, that they were aware of what's going on, and that this young man was paid off mm-hmm. by ITV when he left. Um, they have yet to deny that. They've been given repeated opportunities to deny it. Um, the Mail on Sunday is saying, look, you, you haven't denied it. Um, this does matter, doesn't it? Because these people have incredible power mm-hmm. uh, in the industry, and therefore, over what we see in here, this is about their judgment, isn't it? I think that's right. I mean, I think it's uh, it's turning into an absolutely huge scandal and it wouldn't still be on the front pages if it wasn't for all of the new developments, mm-hmm. all of the allegations of cover up, all of the increasingly tenuous lines that ITV have put out previously or so it would seem. And also, as you say, this is not just any 
particular sex scandal it also has all this kind of cultural import particularly as you say given the fact that ITV as well as a lot of many other broadcasters like to delight in acting like incredibly moral woke woke um, hashtag be kind hashtag be kind type people exactly and yet if the allegations of cover-up are true then essentially they were more than willing to get rid of Piers Morgan for saying accurately that Meghan Markle was a problem with the truth and and also expressing his point of view which he should be entitled Mm. to do um, again, I always defended him on that. He mm. and I have gone, we, we've actually come to blows even now uh, <laughs> uh, about issues like you know, lockdowns mm. and things like that. But 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 on that, I mean, I backed him up 100%. I've actually very sweetly, you know, I remember him messaging me after saying, thanks for thanks for backing me on that. I feel very strongly about the right of freedom of speech. But also it's been, yeah, being sacked, yeah. being sacked for expressing a now proven to be, by the way, completely correct point of view. Yeah. But even if it wasn't, Proven correct. It's they, just an opinion, it, as you say. Opinion. And we do seem to live in a weird era, you know, and there's another side to this story, ITV of their line and so on, but where it feels like opinions are punished more than actual behaviour. Yeah, and, and this and is our, but words are violence, as we know, as we keep <laughs> being told by those lunatics. We'll come on to some of those lunatics uh, very soon. But this is the thing. If you've got very senior executives who are basically put, forcing out, I mean, Jeremy Clarkson, um, you know, Jeremy Kyle, my colleague here, also mm-hmm. Piersmore, forcing people out um, uh, for, for something they've said or written, but... But you're busy covering up, if this is the case, just for legal reasons, if it is the case, covering up somebody who is having what many people got to say, an exploitative, inappropriate power imbalance relationship in the office. Um, then then I'm sorry, you know, that that is that, that that's completely unacceptable. These mm. are very powerful people. And again, also, it's exposing the hypocrisy. Carolyn McCall, apparently she's on three and a half million at ITV. Nice work if you can get it. Um, and, um, and, and you know, there's claims from Calvin McKenzie that she was at a meeting with a tabloid newspaper and she knew about these claims about Philip Schofield's sexuality. And again, Philip Schofield's sexuality is of no concern or interest to me whatsoever. Uh, it's a matter for him and his immediate family. I would certainly imagine the, the woman he married mm. who thought he was straight. Um, um, but, but the key thing is that, you know, this issue apparently arose because of his relationship with a much younger man on the team. Um, look, most offices, you'd be sacked for this. And we know that if, it, if bosses found out. But it, he was protected. One rule for a one, one rule for the other. But, but crucially, the fact that they push out people, as you say, who give opinions that mm-hmm. they don't like, but they're apparently completely unbothered by actual actions. And I think this reminds us that no matter how these corporations try to pose yeah. as really woke, at the end of the day, they're primarily concerned about the bottom line. They had yeah. it in their heads, not 100% sure why, that um, the Holly and Phil combination was absolutely crucial to that show and was the only thing that was keeping it going. Maybe he's and a big star. I mean, and it was something that that's clearly what was their main concern, was the fact that they didn't want to rock the boat, they didn't want this scandal to get mm. out of hand. And if the allegations that are being made against ITV are true, that seems to be what the picture is. So I just wish that if nothing else could come out of this, that when one of these broadcasters, when one of these corporations turns around and tries to tell us what to think, how to live, that they're brilliant people and you're terrible, uh, not to take them seriously. No, exactly. Um, I mean, Philip Scofield has been dropped by, as a charity ambassador by the Prince's Trust. That was inevitable. That will happen. Mm -hmm. He's dropped by the adverts he makes as well. Um, Holly Willoughby, very defiant. She's on the front of the sun today. Defiant Holly back on Monday. She's on a sort of two-week break. She would normally take half time off anyway. Um, uh, there's lots of calls for her to go as well. She's too part of you know, the ancien regime. I think that's unfair. This whole thing, well, she must have known. Yes, sir, I imagine she did know. But given that you know that all the execs know and you know and everybody knows and it's all, it's all common knowledge mm-hmm. and anyone who raises it with the execs gets sacked, I've got quite a lot of sympathy for her. For, I mean, what, what do you do at that point? 
No, it's it's an impossible situation, and as you say, it's not the sort of thing where what's being alleged here is not some sort of heinous crime that should have been no. reported to the police. But as you say, it's something that should have been taken seriously, should have been mm. investigated, should have been dealt with. So, there but there is a tendency marks, to scandal. There are to some spread, question marks it? being raised again. Be very careful for legal reasons. Mm-hmm. So, question mark about exactly when we know that Philip Schofield met this young man when he was a boy, when mm-hmm. he was fifteen years old. We know he came to start to work for the show at the age of eighteen. So again, nothing as you say. Un, you know, in and in, 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 unwise, I think was the word that Philip's going. Unwise, used. but not unlawful. Not unlawful. If you ever find yourself having to say a phrase like that, it's probably you're in a bit of a. You make a problem. very good point. As a general rule, as a general rule, I think oh, I'm going to say that's most of my life, <laughs> apart from the shoplifting at fifteen. That was once, once both, unwise, both but unwise not illegal. and the unlawful. Julie Hartley story. So yes. <laughs> Unwise, but perfectly legal. That also sounds wrong. Um, let's talk about the small matter of, we're going to come on to COVID uh, in a few moments, but of the AI threat to humanity. On a par with the threat of the pandemics and nuclear war, it's on the front page, a lot of the papers, senior bosses at basically all the big AI companies and the godfather of AI, apparently, Jeffrey Hinton, uh, saying this is a risk that should be a global priority. Um, and they're worried about, they're not really worried about the, the Hollywood side of things. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, the robots are going to be uh, cleverer than us and they're going to destroy us. I'm also worried about that. <laughs> they're saying this, that you can use them you know, to develop chemical weapons, to start wars, the you know, interference with, um, you know, elections and mm-hmm. the like that. But these are a big threat. I mean, a bit late now, eh, boys? <laughs> is my response to that? It's interesting how this has come about all of a sudden. And I, I tend mm. to think it's probably because the media have suddenly got the bit between their teeth because everyone loves a good apocalyptic story, especially these days. I think there's probably also a tendency of people who are very involved in developing and working in, in AI. You know, they're going to be given to talking up its significance even far yeah. beyond what it probably already is. There's obviously challenges of any kind of new and potentially revolutionary type of technology, but I, it... I do feel that at least the experience of history is that the kind of apocalyptic warnings about how a new technology, a new means of communication, a new whatever it is, the is printing gonna, press exactly that was that was gonna, that was going to destroy society as well. So mm. it's all those sorts of things where I think it's worth have, taking these uh, warnings with a bit of a pinch mm. of salt, even as we should seek to regulate things. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I well, again, you can you, we, we can regulate wherever and what you want, but we as we know, China ain't going to regulate mm. in the same way. Neither is Russia, neither the Iranians or the North Koreans. Um, so there, there is that arms race, isn't there? Well, well, if well, if they might do it, we better do it. And let's face it, you know, when we look at the likelihood of what the cause of the COVID pandemic was, mm-hmm. given the proximity uh, to the COVID outbreak to the Wuhan Institute, look, which just happened in 2019 to be looking into uh, basically sort of splicing uh, very dangerous viruses and mm-hmm. and and making them making them more dangerous and more infectious. I mean, that was literally the work they were doing. Back using back coronavirus. Yeah. It's a hell I mean, of a coincidence. All I, mean, that, you know? <laughs> I mean, it's it's a mind-boggling coincidence. The idea that that is in any way a conspiracy mm-hmm. theory, that it was, of course, I don't think deliberately, but but they're doing this work, by the way, funded in part by the Americans. Mm-hmm. What's that about, by the way? Um, can everyone get to grips with the idea that the Chinese are not our friends? Um, but, but you know, that I just think it's absurd for anyone to claim that that not, is not the most likely cause of this. And this is the trouble. You've got the technology, so people use it. And then accidents happen because human beings make mistakes. Mm-hmm. Turns out, the next thing you know, we know we, we're going to have another pandemic, uh, or we, or you know AI goes out of control. It's it's it is reasonable to have those concerns, and, and rather than thinking of it as a you know a, a science fiction novel. Mm-hmm. No, I, I do get that, and I understand that given the implications of AI, you know everyone's had a play around on those kind of chatbots and the sorts of. At the moment, I think it's fair to say that they can do kind of 
pretty impressive party tricks a lot of the time. Yeah. But there's always going to be concern about where it might go. I just tend to think that things are never quite as to hell in a handcart as we like to think. You're quite a positivist. I do like that. I do like that. Well, up next, we're going to talk about the COVID inquiry. Um, Before I do, we're going to take a quick break. But I'd love to ask you that COVID inquiries demanded all of Boris Johnson's WhatsApp messages during the pandemic period. But the government is uh, basically refusing to hand them over. Boris Johnson says he's happy to. Is You know, are they trying to protect Rishi Sunak? Are they trying to protect Boris Johnson? Who knows? Uh, But the government is accused of a cover-up. I want to know whose side are you on? And tell us why as well. Do get in touch. Tweet me at Talk TV. Text the word talk and then your message to 8722. This is Talk Breakfast. The biggest breaking news stories and outspoken opinion. The Breakfast Briefing with Julia Hartley Brewer on Talk Radio. 